0: Greetings, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Weekend Podcast. It's been a while. And first of all, I want to thank you for listening, welcoming any new subscribers on Amazon Music. The podcast is available there now on Amazon Music for subscribers. And thank you for following along on our chapter day journey, for listening, for following along on the blog. Over 13,000 listens to the Wayfarer podcast in the last year and still going strong. Between the blog and the podcast, we've had visitors not only from North America, but virtually every country in Europe. India, South Africa, Kenya, Philippines, Salamat, my friends in the Philippines, Nigeria, Australia, G'day, China, Ireland, cheers to my friends in Ireland. Can't wait to get back there. Singapore, Brazil, Ecuador, Chile, Argentina, South Korea. Kamsamnida, my friends in Korea, Ghana, Israel, Shalom, Vietnam, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Nepal, Monaco, the Cook Islands. There's so many more. I'm kind of blown away when I look at the list. Please, please, please feel free to reach out to me at tomvanderwell at gmail. Dot com. Any feedback, thoughts, suggestions, or just to say hello. Love to hear from you. Uh, please hit the like button on this podcast. Better yet, share the podcast with a friend or the blog. Our chapter day journey just finished up John and Ruth this last week. I'm still contemplating the next stop on our chapter day journey for next week. Wherever we end up, it's simple. Every weekday, one chapter of the Bible. Read along. I'll blog my thoughts about the chapter at TomBanderwell.com and share them in a podcast. You're welcome to share your own thoughts and comments, or better yet, find a friend or a loved one to do it with you. Share your thoughts on the chapter with each other. Messages coming up for those in the Pella and surrounding area. I'll be giving messages in the auditorium at Third Church in Pella, 9.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, We're starting a series on Ecclesiastes, so I'll be up on September 19th, September 26th, October 10th, October 31st, and November 21. Of course, if you're not in the area, you can watch any of those messages online at the Third Church website, trcpella.com, the YouTube channel, or at tombanderl.com, just click on the Messages page, and the YouTube video will be posted there. So let me set up this Wayfarer Weekend edition. Over the past handful of years, my local gathering of Jesus followers has embarked on what I believe is an important adventure. With the understanding that Holy Spirit distributes gifts to every believer and follower of Jesus, our church leadership has acknowledged that there are individuals among our gathering, who have the gift of preaching and teaching, but they're not on church staff, maybe. They have not walked the institutionally prescribed pathways or jumped through the institutional hoops to become uh, quote-unquote ministry professionals. That doesn't mean, however, that they shouldn't develop and use their gifts for the good of the entire body. So I have been honored and tasked with the helping to coach and develop and instruct and mentor individuals who have been identified and want to develop and use these gifts. So that's why I called Dr. Bob Laurent. Bob has been an evangelist, a preacher, a teacher, a professor for over 50 years. He was preaching the night I gave my life to Christ and the night God called me to proclaim his word. Bob was later my professor And he's my friend and one of my most cherished mentors. At 75, Bob's still preaching, and you can find him at Granger Community Church, a church with multiple locations in northern Indiana. Bob was gracious enough to join me on the phone and let me, as he put it, (laughs) pick what's left of his brain about preaching, about life, and the big lessons he's learned over the last half century and where he sees it all going. So good. To introduce you to Dr. Bob Laurent. For my handful of listeners
1: um, that don't know Dr. Bob Laurent, um, I just have to to uh, have a full disclaimer. Bob is the guy who was preaching the night I decided to become a follower of Christ, and the following night when my sister decided to become a follower of Christ, and God called me to proclaim His Word, and then later became my professor at Judson college, it was Judson college, now it's Judson university. And, um, you, I mean, you have been evangelist, uh, pastor, uh, professor, and, and you have just continued to preach the word of God, uh, as you were called to do your entire life. And yeah. one of the things that I wanted to do, Bob, is I even um, and trying to coach and mentor young preachers, um, or old preachers who are new to it is, um, I, I wanted to, um, pick as you put it, what's left of your brain <laughs> to, um, with a couple of, I've got a couple of specific questions, then we'll just go wherever Holy Spirit takes mm-hmm. us here. I'd just like to ask your thoughts on the differences between preparing a sermon and a lecture.
2: It, it's not. It's not as easy. Uh, it's hard to draw a line between the two when you're 75 years old, like I am, because you become you become who you are. You become who God has made you into. And so, um, for me, the question is: Does the does the person who is teaching or preaching is is he or is she absolutely in love with the Word of God? Because if you're in love with the Word of God, students will come to listen to you teach, mm-hmm. and people will come to listen to you preach.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so there's not a huge difference for me. I study. I study all the time. Studying is my fuel, the Holy Spirit through studying. It just so. I'm learning things, this Word of God is amazing, right? Hebrews 4.12, it's living and active, it just, it never changes, but I change, and so it's new to me every day, because I'm a different person today than I was yesterday, so it's always fresh. If, so if your people, you're wasting your time with your mentees if they don't fall in love with the Word of God, <clears throat> and, and the way you know that you're in love with it is you can't wait to share what you're learning. And whether you're teaching that, and the reason I went to the university uh, uh, arena, to the college arena, the reason I went there was I had had so many liberal professors in grad school, and liberal is a wonderful word, but I don't mean it in a positive way. Uh, right now I mean it in a in a kind of negative way, <coughs> where so many of my professors were not orthodox. They... Um, they had somehow rationalized the supernatural uh... out of the bible so they had an anti-supernatural bias Um i just had i just had too many professors that didn't believe in the inerrancy of scripture the infallibility of scripture and so i knew where i had to wind up i was always told by my wife and friends don't ever become a pastor of a church because they'll kick you out you're too radical you you know you you'll you'll hurt people's feelings they'll leave the church and they'll but they'll kick you out before they leave so the natural place for me to go to was academia because i love to study i love love to learn the bible in its original languages i just love it and and so i went to academia to be so that so that judson college university would, I would know that they would have at least one on-fire, passionate conservative who believed in the Bible from morning until night, yep. and not somebody who was taught. Uh, I, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but but if you were trained in most seminaries in the 1970s up until today, chances are you did not have an orthodox um education you just about would have to go to moody bible institute to get a an mdiv or there are a few others dallas had some good things going trinity had some good things going but mostly um yeah and the excuse was always that uh, science is now uh the arbiter and so we're going to study the Bible scientifically. I have no trouble with science. I was pre-med for four years. I love science. I'm still super pro-science, but there 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 are no contradictions in the Bible between the facts of science, any of them, between the facts of science and the facts of Scripture. There are no contradictions. The contradictions are between some theories of science, and some misinterpretations of scripture, um, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but you asked why I went to, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? For me, now there is almost no difference. I teach I teach every weekend that I preach at our church. We've got some several thousand people uh, who who attend and more than that, who are online every weekend. And they come because, they don't come to hear me teach or to hear me preach, they come to hear truth, with passion. People have said the same thing about me now for 50 years. You're different from most preachers. And I I would say to them, well, what do you think that means? And they would say, because you're real. They always say you're real and you're you're passionate. Well, that shouldn't make me different from any preacher, Tom. (laughs) I shouldn't well that shouldn't make me different from any teacher. And there are a lot of us out there. I'm certainly not the only one with passion and certainly not the only one with knowledge.
1: The thing that I hear from people is, "Oh, well, you were a theater major. You're an actor. You're so you're so oh, dramatic mm-hmm. when you're up mm-hmm. there." And it's because mm-hmm. of your theater training. It's like, "No, I'm I'm dramatic because I'm excited about the <laughs> I'm excited about the gospel, I'm excited about about Jesus Christ, and I want everybody else to be excited as well.
2: Um, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the right way to say it. A couple of thoughts for you. Can I, can I, all right, well, you're, you're, yeah, uh, go ahead, jump in. Okay, remind me, uh, remind me to talk to you about the uh, New Testament word for clergy, okay? Okay, okay. Let's not forget that it's perfect for the folks you're mentoring. And um, three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago or so, um, a fellow came to our church to kick off a series that several of us pastors were wound up preaching in, in this series on... Um, uh, asking for a friend the name of the series was asking for a friend okay. and just dealing with tough topics that 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 people in the real world have about the bible and about god and life just, yeah. just hard questions like like the classic uh how could there be a good god if there's so much suffering okay so three or four weeks ago this guy came to kick it off and we've become he's become kind of a friend of our churches he's a pretty well known country singer in Nashville he's well known his name is Granger Smith so look him up sometime and and your mentees could probably just learn so much from listening to his first sermon this was the first sermon he a- has ever preached and it was amazing what happened to him was uh, in the midst of all his fame um his tiny son drowned in the family swimming pool Uh and it just sent him and his wife and the family into into a deep valley and so for a long long time he was trying to come out of it and he would get all the Bible apps he could on his phone and sermon apps and all kinds of things he was he was trying and finally he said I made a decision that changed my life he said I turned to the Bible just the Bible not what other people think about the bible just yep. me digging into my bible and he said it has absolutely revolutionized him his family and that was his first sermon so that's wow. kind of perfect for your people isn't it
1: absolutely it is yes yeah
2: so here's this lay person who thought only preachers could preach and and that takes me to this uh this wonderful thought from 1st Peter okay yep. in 1st Peter I believe it's 1st Peter chapter 5 Simon Peter through the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit through Simon Peter is is teaching he's writing to the elders among you to the elders among you in other words to the pastors among you yep. I appeal to you he says I appeal to you as a fellow elder as a fellow leader a fellow pastor in the church and he talks he talks about uh, uh pastor your church pastor your flock, flock. Yep. Uh, not because you have to but because you're willing to not because it's a job it, it's really got your heart and you're and you want to do it and then he makes this remarkable statement he says and when he says pastor your flock Then there is this phrase in the Greek that is translated by one word, but it's several English words, those under your charge, okay? Mm, So he's talking to these pastors, and he's telling them to minister to their flock, to feed their flock, is the Greek word kleros. It's one of the only times it appears in the Bible, kleros, K E K L E R O S, and it's the word from which we get clergy.
0: Clergy Mm. was
2: never meant to be the professional pastor. Nope. Cleros nope. is used for those under your charge. The most of professional minister will ever be is a layman. The, the true clergy are those under the charge of the she- of the under shepherds, the yep. pastors and elders. And the whole Ephesians passage in, in Ephesians chapter four, where he he tells us what we think of as the offices of the church, that yep. they are not the offices. And the Bible never calls them the offices. That's that's what religious
1: yep. scholars with the institution called it. it. Yeah,
2: the the Bible calls calls them the gifts mm-hmm. the, that Jesus ascended into heaven to send down upon us gifts, and those gifts are you know this apostles, yep. uh, apostles those who are sent to do a new work for God, uh, and that's kind of what you're doing. You guys are doing apostolic stuff because. That this is something new. People haven't been doing what you're doing before. So apostles, prophets, those who are, have a special gift for bringing the church back to truth, back to the plumb line, back back, even if it's stepping on people's toes and doing things differently. So prophets. Then he says, and of course evangelists, people who, and, and every church is filled with people who have the motivating gift of evangelism and they never, ever use it. And it's their motivating gift. It's the only thing that will make them happy. Anyway, mm. then there's the one. Then there's the one that kind of goes together: pastor, teachers. Yep. And and so it says, pastor, teachers. In the when, back before the printing press, when the scribes were copying uh, manuscripts, when they were copying the Bible, some scribe put a comma after that Ephesians uh, passage, where it says, "God has given us those prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists." To equip the saints, okay? Yeah. And, and he accidentally put a comma in there. That comma got into the Masoretic text. It got into the Codex Vaticanus. So from that came the King James version. If you look at it, if you look at the King James version, there is an, not the New King James, but the King Old King James. <laughs> right. It was it was the Bible we had for centuries, and it actually sent the church spinning into the dark ages of the church because of that stupid comma it says god has given us these gifts to equip the saints and then he put a comma after saints and then it says for the work of the ministry then the phrase work of the ministry became just for apostles prophets pastors teachers you got it
1: yep never intended the church yep
2: the church in yeah so the church changed what the holy spirit wrote when in fact the whole purpose of a pastor teacher is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry but that comma screwed everything up forever it's the saint, it's it's the lay, it's the people in the pews who are to do the work of the ministry but you i know you already knew that but you might not have known about the case of what should have been the missing comma
1: no that's perfect
2: i love it i love it because it fits right
1: into where i think god is calling the church back to um yes. not the church institutional church but the body of christ that is to be equipped yes. and actually do the work yes. of the gospel and will do it in the
2: and, in the uh, ages the the best thing that that god has going on planet earth is the church and it's just taking it's being assaulted by the media by politicians uh, it's been closed down all over the world because of COVID and overreach. their overreach with COVID. This is this Satan's way of shutting us down. So the real church is going to have to come out of this. And you're right. It's not going to be the institutional church. It'll be it'll be people. Just people who go who do what Granger Smith did. They go back to the pristine Word of God. They have their Martin Luther experience when he read Romans and it changed his life. And from that came the Reformation. Sola Scriptura. That that's, that was Luther's cry and that's your cry. Priesthood of all believers, justification by faith, and Sola Scriptura. The Bible only. Not sermons about the Bible. And not even what Luther said about the Bible. What, what the Bible says. So that's, that's what's going to change the world. And it's the only hope we have because... Politics has just destroyed this world,
1: and yes, will continue. I just, I just heard the definition this morning. Politics comes from the root poly, meaning many, and ticks, meaning blood-sucking insects. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway. i got to use that. That sounds like the original Hebrew and Greek to me. <laughs> so All right, let, so
0: let me back up.
1: You went into academia. i, I feels something that I understand I say, Hey, don't ever pastor a church because you'll get kicked out. And there's a piece of me that really feels like, um, I, I'm totally with you there as well, but I also know that whenever you get into a human system, there are inherent brokenness and dysfunction that come with those. And how, how have you navigated and maintained your passion, and your faith, mm-hmm. um, and have in the midst of navigating some of the dysfunctional minefields that I'm sure you mm-hmm. must have encountered.
2: It always helps for the person who's looking for God's will vocationally. It always helps for them to know themselves, right? To know who you are and who you're not. Because the world, especially any institution, whether it's a corporation or a church, will they're always looking for the right fit for their needs, and that's not how God does it. God takes a person who is unique and doesn't push them in to a spot. He lets them be who they are. Uh, there are a lot of things I wouldn't do well. People have tried to people have tried to get me to be an administrator. I've been an administrator. My goodness, but. That's not my gift.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: You know, so so the wisest choices I've made are always to make sure that I'm with people, that I'm with I'm with the product. I'm I'm um. Uh, I'm not I'm not dying from not having oxygen in a committee meeting somewhere. I found myself one day at uh, Judson as dean. I was vice president for student development and a Bible professor. And I found myself on a long afternoon in a committee meeting down in the old gymnasium for, park, for the parking disciplinary committee for students who <laughs> had too many parking tickets. And I went, this is so not me. I don't care about, about the esteem of being a college vice president. I'm I'm out of here. I got to do something. <laughs> I got to do something different. I stay away from things that I suck at. Yeah. yeah, and and I try to make sure that the people who work under me or with me are in their wheelhouses also. Yeah. So don't make them do. Even now at at my age, after preaching in the same church for twenty some years and loving it, we just have this huge love affair going. They don't make me do announcements. Every other pastor has to do announcements. They know. They know that's not me. I'm not the account I'm not the accountant. And God bless all those who are who can do that. Amen. We it's need not, them. hmm It's just not yeah, me. It's, gift. it's their, gift. It's
1: their it, gift. Yeah, I've I've often said that and I've seen this both on the corporate side as well as mm-hmm. in the church. And I think having the wrong people in positions or conversely having the right people in the right positions where their giftedness and their abilities are maximized is, is one of the biggest mistakes that, that are made in any organization.
2: I think in the 1970s, there was a book that sold millions of copies called the Peter principle Yeah, and the whole idea. Remember that people are elevated, they're advanced to their level of incompetency that's just that's american that, that's that's what america does you're advanced to the level where you're no longer useful <laughs> you're incompetent so be who you are let god let god worry about your advancement
1: if you were to kind of step in my shoes and with your experience what are some of the common mistakes you see young preachers making or you know, maybe to put it a different way, just what, you know, what are some of, the, some of the basic pieces of advice that you would give?
2: Uh, there's, an, there's a unique, uh, because of modern times, there's a unique problem that I never had that young uh, preachers, male and female, have today. I never had to face the temptation, and that's theft, uh, plagiarism preaching things that are wonderful points and wonderful stories, but they're not their stories. So that whole idea of being who you are, again, God will use your story and your experience with the scriptures. Don't be telling other people's stories all the time and never, never make their story yours. The Holy Spirit just won't get behind dishonesty. So that's one thing I would tell them to be careful of. Um, you know, there, there, there are hundreds of thousands of sermons online now, and it's just lazy and easy. T- to this day, it takes me, oh my goodness, if, if I preach every other weekend, because we have a, a pretty sizable church staff, and if, if I'm into a flow of where I'm preaching every other weekend, it takes me those two weeks to write the sermon. And preachers say, I I allow six hours for sermon prep. Well, bully for you that you've got it figured out down to the hour. But sermon prep never stops. It's your life. You, oh, live, amen. Homilet- you live homiletically. God's yes. going to say things. In the past five to ten years, m- much of my sermons come at three o'clock in the morning in my dreams. Mm-hmm. Or God speaking to my heart and waking me up. And I go, I get out of bed, I go into the closet, I sit in the chair, and I type down what he's giving me so I won't wake my wife up. And it's fresh. And the Holy Spirit is just champing it the bit to speak through you. But again, I have thousands and thousands of hours of study that, you know, one reason I don't want to die is I want there to be somebody in my immediate area code who's got all this bible in them i wish i could take my head and cut it off and pour it into all these young pastors but there are no shortcuts to becoming a person that god can use it just takes so much study and if you don't like to study then you're not called
1: yeah it is it it is a constant um ever-present process and Mm-hmm. I've often, I have the same question uh, given to me, and it's sort of like, how many hours do you spend preparing for a message? And it's like, I can't quantify it because there's not there's not a day or a moment of the day where mm-hmm. it, it's not part of the yeah. prep. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, thinking about li- it when li- I shower, when I shave, when I exactly. sleep, when I... Everything is spiritual, and God is constantly speaking to me. Not only in my my devoted study time, mm-hmm. but every moment with my wife and my children, and yeah. hanging out in the communities.
2: Yeah. You're doing what I call living homiletically.
1: I, I love mean, that. You're, you're
2: that not actually. Yeah, it's it's an honest kind of thing that you're doing. I don't know if if I spent time thinking about this, if I'd say it the way I'm going to say it to you. Okay, but purposely make fun of yourself become touchable to people <laughs> become vulnerable in front of them share your mistakes my my sermon is going to be built around my it idi- is idiocy this past week with my older brother when he visited us for seven days and and something that he did that reminded me of when we were younger and how god still isn't done with me yet i was impatient and i'm, I'm going to build around that and whenever you do that, man, the people can relate to you. So yep. especially especially when you become a person filled with wisdom and knowledge, then people will think you're a show-off if you're not purposely vulnerable, purposely embarrassing yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Not a yep. Rodney Dangerfield thing where I get no respect. Not that. I mean, honest, honestly, telling, telling your faux pas Preaching yep. your mistakes
1: I had a, a, a yeah I had a guy on our team that um, is a is a great and and very capable um, preacher, and mm-hmm. it was very interesting because one of the pieces of feedback that I gave him was that his content is always solid there's there's not a hole in the content, but there was it's missing a missing touch of there was nothing. There was a lack of heart. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> How about life, Bob? What, um, as you, I mean, 50 years, um, mm-hmm. you've been preaching the gospel. Um, you have been on this journey. What are some of the meta themes that as you look back and and see where the world is going, where it's gone, where it's been? What are some meta themes that you're picking up that you're observing?
2: That that entropy, the second law of thermodynamics, is always happening. Therefore, don't expect cultures or Christian colleges or churches to get more conservative. That's not the way they're headed. Everything everything goes in this world from order to disorder, not the other way around. So we watch keepers. We need to be diligent, and we need to keep preaching the truth back to the plumb line, back to Christ. It's hard. It's hard, hard to keep a church orthodox. It's hard to keep them straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's a, that's a constant concern. We're we're sentinels. We pastors. We teachers. We're uh, we're guardians. We're making sure that the the Bible says that God's boundaries have been set in pleasant places. <laughs> we're the ones who are supposed to make sure that they don't get moved. And the church is always trying to move them. The constant need for uh, Brokenness it's the it's the great uh, it's the great enigma that when Jesus said, If you want to find your life, you have to lose it. it just goes against it's counterintuitive goes against every one of your instincts and yet it's the only way to grow as a Christian. The only way is to stay broken Colossians three seven I think says um, so then just as you trusted Christ as lord continue to walk in him well the only way you trust him as lord is he becomes lord and you become you know sinner saved by grace you'll never you'll never you should never outgrow that you should always (laughs) be sinner saved by grace and so you should be as broken today after all your victories for the kingdom you should be more broken at the end of his life paul said at the end of his life paul said Within me, there is no good thing. Of sinners, I am chief. It's just crazy. But, yeah, you know what, my brother? I, I need to go go to uh, my granddaughter's volleyball game now.
1: Yes, you do. Yes, you <laughs> yes do. I do.
2: But you say um, hi to Jody and your wife and all uh, those wonderful people.
1: I certainly will. thanks so much for giving me a few minutes of your time. <laughs>
2: Awesome. I'm so proud of you. You got to let me know what God does, okay?
0: All right. I will. Keep I'll stay in posted. touch. All right. Love you, Tommy. Love you too, Bob. Take care. So grateful for the chance to connect with Dr. Bob on this Wayfair Weekend podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can join me for our Chapter Day podcast each weekday, or always you can read it if you're a reader rather than a listener. Uh, it's always posted at tombanderwell.com. You can also subscribe to have each post delivered right to your email inbox feel free to reach out with any thoughts suggestions feedback encouragement just to say hello tom vanderwell at gmail.com please feel free to share this podcast or any chapter a day post or podcast with anyone anywhere it's free and no matter where you find yourself on this road of life and in your own spiritual journey i'd like to just leave you with this blessing please receive it May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Press on, my friend.